0: Hello and welcome to Game Time with Manny, episode 20. This month we will be talking about the space exploration game No Man's Sky. Um it was highly anticipated indie game, like I said, about space exploration. It was made by the indie developer Hello Games. Uh, If you've been following video game news for the past couple months, you know that uh, this game is pretty interesting, but also a super hot mess. Uh, In this episode, I will be talking about the conception of No Man's Sky, who the developer is, what they had made before, what the gameplay is like, and what I think happened uh, to make this release such a garbled mess. So without further ado... It's game time. So... Here to talk about No Man's Sky. I personally was very excited about this game uh, prior to its release, and I guess I'm still kind of excited about the potential that it has. Um, but I remember first hearing about it back in 2013. Um, they showed it off to a few gaming outlets beforehand, and then they announced it. It was at some video game reward show. I, I don't quite recall, um, but it was announced as basically an infinitely explorable universe space exploration game and now you might think to yourself how is that possible you can't have infinite content in a video game but it theoretically is possible if you use the methods that no man's sky uses which is procedural generation so instead of having like a bunch of canned planets for players to go to and explore um it has procedurally generated everything so procedurally generated plants animals planets uh atmosphere buildings on those planets all kinds of stuff so theoretically there is a base uh set of parts for each thing and then the game will generate that as it needs to um well I guess everything's generated beforehand uh it's just on a server and you connect to the no man's sky server and then you can go to all these planets and things like that um it sounds really cool but we won't get into that until after i describe a little bit about who made the game so uh it was developed by an indie studio called hello games which initially was like a small around four person studio Uh, and what's crazy is, before No Man's Sky, they had made four games, Uh, I believe two of those were mobile, two were for the PlayStation and the Xbox, uh, but that first game was Joe Danger, which was released in 2010, and it's not exactly anywhere near the scale of No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky is ambitious, while Joe Danger is... A smaller indie title, what you would expect for a regular indie developer to make. It's about a little dude named Joe Danger who is a Evil Knievel-esque stuntman. And basically, it's a 2D side-scrolling game where you are Joe Danger and you ride on a motorcycle and you do tricks and flips and things like that. Uh, it was actually a cool game. I really enjoyed it. It ended up being free on PlayStation Plus at one point, so I checked it out then, uh, but before that I had been hearing a lot of positive buzz about it, and I still think Joe Danger is a is a great product. Uh, you basically go through, try to get uh, as many stars as you can, and that um, helps you unlock more content and things like that. And they followed that up with Joe Danger 2 in 2012, which is very similar. Uh, I was called Joe Danger 2, I think, in the movies or Joe Danger 2 the movie something like that. And it followed a lot pretty closely to the first game. Um it had very similar graphical style and things like that, but it it was about like instead of just like being a daredevil type thing, you were like literally a stuntman, you were going through uh racing other people and it was it was about filming on the set of a movie. Um, And it was a year after that, in 2013, that they started showing off No Man's Sky, like I said, and gave their basic uh, concept pitch for it and things like that. And people got very excited. Uh, They had had a concept trailer, and it it looked very cool. Um, And I, I was interested in it back then. I'm a big fan of space, and I like aliens and all that kind of stuff. So that kind of thing always piques my interest, but they never quite got around to saying what exactly the game was until very late in its PR cycle which i think is one of the reasons why the release of this game is kind of a mess um but yeah they never really got around to saying what it was just that it theoretically had 18 quintillion planets everything was procedurally generated nothing is randomly generated it's all procedural just because if it was random then you would get things that you couldn't even interact with or planets so you couldn't even really land on and things like that um and so as time went on they they initially it was just them at that video game award show and they were talking about it um but then eventually sony started to show it off uh and it They picked it up as a console exclusive, so it was only going to be on the PS4. It would also come out on PC, and it did come out on both platforms. Um, But Sony kind of started marketing the game, or at least it seemed that way, which is... I don't know how to feel about that. I, I guess Sony didn't really know how to feel about it either, because what ended up happening was Sony published the disc version, while Hello Games themselves published the digital version you could find on the PlayStation Store and the PC version. Uh, which I, I would assume means that Sony lent their their uh, QA department to Hello Games to troubleshoot the PlayStation version. Um, I believe I read that somewhere, but I don't know for a fact if that is true. But it's crazy because you think of a game on the scope of No Man's Sky where it's this vast galaxy that you can fly around in a spaceship and do all kinds of stuff. Um, it's... It's a huge game, especially in comparison with a side-scrolling stunt racing game. So, you know, I personally, uh, I tempered my expectations because it was a small team. But then what started happening, once Sony started backing them and it was a console exclusive and all that, they, they bumped it up to a $60 full retail product and started pushing it at more press conferences. They showed it at E3, they did it at, uh, their own conference, uh, PSX the PlayStation Expo and they started positioning it almost like a first-party Sony game and now the issue that I have with that is later on Sony kind of threw them under the bus so after the game's release uh, people were complaining about uh, things that they believed were missing uh, missing features and they believed that the head of the studio Sean Murray lied did they believe he straight up lied about all the content in the game and things like that um and Eurogamer asked uh the head of sony worldwide studios shuhei yoshida about the whole thing and this is an exact quote i'm gonna read it for you i understand some of the criticisms especially sean murray is getting because he sounded like he was promising more features in the game from day one it wasn't a great pr strategy because he didn't have a pr person helping him and in the end he is an indie developer And now, to be fair, Shuhei followed that up and said that he personally loves the game, blah blah blah, he doesn't think it's gonna hurt the Sony brand, but I mean, of course you say that, you can't say that the game that you theoretically were backing is a steaming pile of dog shit, because then there would be even more backlash than what they got from this quote, but my issue with that is he's saying like, oh yeah... He didn't have a PR person helping him, and he's just an indie developer and whatever, but when Sony is literally positioning this almost exactly like a first-party game, and they get up on stage at E3 and show it, they show it at their expo, and they, instead of having it be a smaller indie game, they throw some money at them, and, like, at that point, give them a PR person. Like, I can't even believe that's true, I just want to believe that they are distancing themselves, which is also a really shitty thing to do, but, like, you you can't position the game the way that Sony positioned this game and got behind it, and then just be like, yeah, they're an indie developer, fuck that, I guess, like, that just sucks, and, to be fair, I the PR strategy was bad, because There basically was not a PR strategy and that's what led to all the Reddit threads that blew up after release and things like that like there was literally a thread on the No Man's Sky Reddit called One Man's Lie and they chronicled everything that was supposed to be in the game or that was talked about in an interview and didn't come to fruition. And since the game's release, they've Hello Games has basically been radio silent. They haven't really said anything on Twitter. They've released a bunch of patches that didn't even have patch notes until, like, the seventh patch. The PC version was basically on fire when it was released. Like, it was a bad time. Uh, They did put out a couple statements where they said, like, hey, we hired a QA team that's, like, larger than the team that worked on the game, Uh, which is nuts. Uh... Because they originally started as a four-person team and eventually grew to a size of about a dozen. Um, but it just... Uh, I don't know what to feel about this game. It was originally supposed to release in June of 2016, and then it ended up coming out August 9th of 2016 because they said they needed time to polish it, which I don't even know if that's true. Because the version that went out to reviewers a little bit before the August 9th release um, didn't even have the day one patch. And then when that patch came out, it like drastically changed major game systems and things like that. So it seems like the game was coming in hot and they really weren't prepared for it to launch. Um, And it seemed... It it always bothers me because you never, a developer, as I've said in my Kickstarter episode, a developer never sets out to fail and be like, yeah, I wanted to make you this shitty game that didn't have all these features that I talked about. You know, sometimes you can't get it done in time and sometimes things get cut, but at that point, maybe in the case of this game, it should have been delayed. And so... Now I will talk about the actual game and how I feel about it. I personally had a very bad experience with it, uh, and that is, I, I, I want to say it's partially my fault but not really, I, we'll get into it. Um, so I pre-ordered the game uh, from Amazon and I got a pre-order ship, so this is so stupid. The way the way you play No Man's Sky is you are a dude, and you start the game, crash landed on a planet, and you have to get the materials to fix your ship. Um, you can choose, at the beginning of the game, to follow this thing called the Atlas Path, which basically will uh, show you where the resources you need to repair your ship and get off the planet are, and then it will lead you on a path towards the center of the universe. Because that is the whole goal of No Man's Sky, is to theoretically get to the center of the universe and i'm going to be upfront with you guys i did not beat the game i did not get to the center of the universe i did not even get close i have thought about trying to play again uh recently um i i haven't even looked up what happens at the center of the universe i have an idea but i'm not going to say that just in case you know it's spoilers and all that stuff there's not really a heavy story to the game uh but yeah, I, I did not complete it, I guess, so take what I have to say here with a grain of salt. But I do know that I wasn't a big fan of most, if not all, of the game systems, uh, which is a rough thing to say, but it's very true. So yeah, you crash-landed on the first planet with your ship, um, and it's procedurally generated, so you start on one of the quintillion 18 quintillion planets um and it might be super barren and shitty uh it, it could be lush and full of life and have all kinds of crazy animals and and that kind of thing but it theoretically it starts you off on a non-hostile planet uh because the planet it starts you off on has to have the resources that you need to fix your ship um obviously otherwise you would never be able to get off the goddamn planet but You do that and you can choose the atlas path, which I did, which leads you towards the center of the universe, but you can choose not to do that. And so this is where my game basically got destroyed and I had to start over later, which I didn't know until much later. I put in the code for the pre-order ship and instead of having the game wait for me to be ready to finish the tutorial and all that kind of stuff, I immediately started getting a pop-up that said, you have things to redeem. And I, being someone who has kind of OCD with things like that, where it shows like an exclamation point in a menu and says something is new, I was like, I gotta get rid of this goddamn icon. It keeps popping up every five seconds, for the love of God, stop. So I did that, and I got a ship, and it already had a hyperdrive in it, which is... Something that you need to uh, go to other star systems. And it's a, as a part of the tutorial, you make it. Now, this is where I screwed my game. Because if you redeem that ship before a certain point in the tutorial where you are given the recipe, the crafting recipe, to make the hyperdrive, it skips that goddamn part of the whole tutorial. So what ended up happening was I did not have a hyperdrive I I didn't have the recipe to make another hyperdrive, which you say to yourself, well that's not that big a deal, you have a better ship. Uh it has more inventory slots and things like that. But what ended up happening was I couldn't buy any more ships. I had to keep the same ship Because every single ship I encountered did not have a hyperdrive. So since I couldn't build one, I theoretically would have been trapped in the same system forever if I didn't get a ship with a hyperdrive and i i saw people claim that they saw ships with hyperdrives, uh and they were able to buy it and all that i was not and i was not about to go to every single planet randomly go to random events and hope to god that out of the hundreds and hundreds of recipes for crafting things in that game that i got the hyperdrive because the game is supposed to give it to you Um, So, I I ended up having to start over after, like, 10-15 hours of play, so that I could start over and not claim the pre-order ship, which, to be quite honest, that's bullshit. And it left me with a bad taste in my mouth, and I just didn't want to play anymore, because I had lost all that progress, and that sucks. Um, And they have patched it now, so that doesn't happen, but, like, too late, because I bought the game on day one, and fuck me, I guess, right? But... I can't get that time back, so let me talk about what I do like about No Man's Sky, and that is exploring. I I love to explore in games and find cool stuff, um, which is both what I like about No Man's Sky and what I really don't like. Um, so you're you're you go to different planets and you travel off world and all that kind of stuff. You go to space stations and the whole crux of the game is to scan things. So when you're walking around uh, on a planet, you can kind of ping with a scanner to look at things. You can scan objects, uh, so like animals you see or plants you see, minerals you see, and you can. F- mine the resources which you have to do constantly Uh, you get like this mining laser and you can shoot it at uh like a rock let's just say for example uh iridium because you need that for like almost everything you need it to fuel your ship you need it to recharge your mining laser you need it you need it for all kinds of stuff so you shoot your laser at iridium, you get some iridium. And then you can go into a menu and use that to refill the power bar on your suit. Because you have, uh... You basically have life support systems that you need to refill. Uh You have to refill your mining laser. You have to fuel it up so that you can mine more things. Uh, And that's what kind of bums me out. Is that the game is essentially managing meters. Um... So, like, you just have to constantly get resources to fill up the stuff to get more resources, and then you need to get resources to go to other planets to get closer to the center of the universe, but then you get to a point where you just have to stop and gather more resources. It's all basically you're gathering resources to gather more resources, and that that's upsetting, Um, But I was a big fan of scanning all the animals and stuff. And when you scan animals and stuff in No Man's Sky, you basically upload them to the Atlas server. And if you're the first person to have discovered those animals, you can name them. Uh, And then if someone else ever happened upon your planet, uh, they would see that name. It uh, turns out I am very bad at naming things, so eventually I just kind of gave up and stopped naming things. Uh, for the first bunch of planets I visited, I named them like Barren Rock One and Barren Rock Two because there's just like nothing. It's just like a desolate wasteland filled with nothing. Um, not even animals, not even plants. There were some cool planets I visited. I there were a couple times where you like I landed and there were like hostile creatures and it was just like oh man I got to get out of here. Uh, but there's just, there's not a lot going on in No Man's Sky. And, like, I get it. It's, like, supposed to be a chill expo- exploration game, which is what I should have expected. But I also was expecting, like, there to be more NPC interactions and things like that. Or at least deeper ones. So you you can interact with NPCs. There are alien races. Um, And I can't remember any of their names right now the only ones that are actually coming into my head are the ones from destiny which (laughs) that is not it but so anyways there are a bunch of alien races in no man's sky Uh, there's like people that look like krogan's from mass effect there are people that look like uh robots and things like that and You kind of just, like, go into their weird samey huts. Like, if you see a building, it's, like, they look the same on every planet. They're, like, one of three buildings. And you go in and you talk to a dude, and you don't know their language. So you basically uh, see a bunch of words that mean nothing and are essentially gibberish. And then you uh, pick a choice. And sometimes that'll be good, sometimes it'll be bad. If you pick a good one, maybe they'll give you a new... Uh, mining tool or maybe they'll give you a new scanner Uh, but if you say no they'll just nothing really happen like uh, nothing really happens and the way you can do better in those encounters is there are like these magical obelisks you can find on planets and when you talk to them you learn one word in the aliens language and like I went to about like 50 or 60 of those things and even in most conversations I would still not have any idea what the races were saying like after 50 or 60 words with just one race because you have to learn them all separately uh the only words that I would really ever see were like outsider and it was like this doesn't help me I don't like I, I it doesn't help me know what this means so I, maybe I just wasn't talking to the right aliens but like I was learning words that seemed to have no bearing on anything and that sucks And, like, then you realize that after you visit the same aliens, like, three times that they start to repeat what they're saying. So, like, technically, if I did know what they were saying, I would probably be even more bummed out because I would be in one of those three samey-looking houses having one of, like, just a couple conversations. And that is one of the things that I do feel like was lied about, um... Because I remember listening to previous interviews and things like that where he talked about how there wouldn't just be canned dialogue and the NPCs would like have you join specific factions which you definitely can't do or they would, like, react to whether the planet was hot or cold, which I guess maybe they do, but then that's still canned dialogue, like, there is no, like, it doesn't seem like the dialogue is, like, procedurally generated or anything like that. I don't know for a fact, because I haven't found literally every goddamn obelisk, but, like, you know what I mean, it's it's frustrating, and it's samey. It's one of the things that I like about games with exploration and stuff like that is you come across something cool and you're like, oh, this is unique. Like, I wonder if anyone else has seen this or had this interaction. And in terms of, like, NPCs or, like, finding crafting recipes or downed ships, like, yeah, everybody who's played No Man's Sky has had these interactions. So that's another thing you can do on a planet. Uh, You will... Go to, like, this abandoned building. And there will be a computer in there. You go and talk to it. And it'll say, hey, solve this math puzzle. And it'll be, like, 7001 is the last thing. It'll give you, like, three numbers in sequence. And say the third one is 7001. What is the next number in the sequence? And as far as I had done, every single one of these was solved the exact same way. So if the third one is 7001, the answer would be one seven zero zero you just move the number over to the last number to the beginning everything moves over one and like after I had done that for like the fifth time to get some shitty crafting recipe that like lets me scan a little bit farther I was just like man what is happening I feel like I've already experienced all the content in this game and I know that there are Beautiful worlds. People have found crazy looking worlds that look awesome, but there is no actual incentive for me to go and explore these other worlds other than the fact that like, yo, you just gotta see this. It looks cool. Like, I I don't like the gameplay loop. I don't think that mining things for the sake of mining things to get further so I can mine other things is a fun gameplay loop. And that's where No Man's Sky lost me. Um, It's one of those things where it's like, man, seeing all these animals is so cool and interesting. And like the fact that the game is so vast and so huge, it is a marvelous technical feat that just falls short and doesn't... doesn't give me any reason to play. And I know that that's just me, that's my own personal opinion. There are people out there who still love playing No Man's Sky, and love just exploring for the sake of exploring, but at that point to me, I personally need some kind of structure. And what's crazy is this is essentially how I felt about games like Minecraft, where the whole purpose is building and mining materials, except for in No Man's Sky, you can't even build anything because there's theoretically no way for me to get back to a planet I had already been to Without going through like one of the worst to navigate menus I've ever experienced in my life for the star map. Like there's no reasonable way to get back. And they have said that they are going to add the ability to uh, build space stations and things like that. But I don't really understand why you would even want to do that. Because it's not like you're collecting dope loot that then you can decorate your sweet space station with there's just nothing the only thing i can think of is like maybe aliens would come with you to trade there but like that's that's all npcs are for or for talking to them and maybe getting an item and that's that's really it in trading there there is no real reason to do any of that and it's just like i I just feel like you're exploring for the sake of exploring. And I personally am really bummed out by that. I, the whole faction system sounded really cool and you can't do that. And and this is just the, the icing on the cake, man. Is that the whole fucking game, pardon my language, is about mining resources, right? And you have the world's smallest inventory. I understand that as you go, you can get more inventory slots, but, like, in the beginning, I gotta get all this iridium and all this iron to fill up and craft things, and I got nowhere to put it. My ship's inventory is tiny, my inventory is tiny, and I have to hope for a random event where I can get a better ship, or hope for a random event where I come across a storage upgrade, and you're upgrading the storage thing one at a time. Like, I... You're you're carrying all these resources, and yes, the ship can hold more of each resource and things like that, but what really blows my mind is when you get an item from an NPC and it's like a magical bead, right? The magical beads don't stack on each other. Each of those magical beads takes up a whole slot. Whereas, like, I'm carrying all this iron, like, I I don't know what units they use to measure, but you can carry up to, like, 500 iron or whatever on your ship. Why can't I stack these goddamn beads together? Ugh. It just, it drives me insane. I don't, I, ugh. Item management is not fun. Meter management is not fun. And that is the, those are the two main things that you're doing in No Man's Sky, and it's such a bummer, man. and to be fair you know what this is what I should have expected because they were a small indie studio and at first it sounded like a cool indie game but then eventually it blew up to a full price product that it seemed like Sony was backing although apparently they weren't actually backing it and that that sucks and what really what really makes it worse is the lead of Hello Games, Sean Murray Every time he got on stage and talked about the game, he just got, like, all starry-eyed and was very excited about the space exploration and the concept of this game. And you know he didn't set out to do this. You know he didn't set out to have people making a Reddit thread of quotes that he had said claiming him to be a liar. You know no one sets out for that. And... I still think that No Man's Sky has a lot of potential, and I think that the things that they're claiming they're going to add in later in patches will make the game a lot more interesting and cool for the people who like it, but I don't know that there is ever anything that they could add back in to get me personally to like it. It is just an exploration game, um, and I think that's all it really ever will be there may be base building and things like that, but it's never going to be enough to hook me personally back in and get me playing. Um, but I can't iterate enough that I think No Man's Sky is an amazing technical feat. It is one of the first and only games so far to have done this whole procedurally generated thing, and there are I want to say millions and millions of planets, but there's more than that. There's, like, almost infinite. There's, a theoretically, 18 quintillion planets, or whatever the hell amount of planets they always list in all the marketing and things like that. And that's awesome. But I also can't help but feel like that the game that was promised to me was not delivered. And that's what's really lame. And now... Hello Games has basically gone radio silent, so they're, there's not even, like, confirmation that they're still, like, working on the game or anything. And that, that sucks. The developers are being harassed. It seems like the government body that regulates uh, advertising in Europe and the UK is looking into... Uh, claims of false advertising may be enough to get a class action action lawsuit going. And like, you know, it doesn't help that there are trailers like on the front page of Steam uh, for the game that are from its initial showing in 2013. And man, the graphics look a lot better and it looks like a totally different game. And I don't know how you would ever allow anyone to put up that trailer and not have it be taken down once the final game was out because of course this is not representative of the final product. It was years and years ago from early development and i don't know i don't know man it's one of those things where i get my hopes up for a lot of games like this that are really ambitious and while they do deliver in some fronts i always end up getting let down and i it doesn't shake my faith in games it just makes me wonder like why do video games specifically as a medium announce things so early make the PR cycle so long and build up so much hype in a user base that can't possibly be delivered upon. Like, Sean Murray's whole concept for this game is basically like, yo, it's an infinite game, and people took that to mean like, there's infinite content in this game, I'll never need to buy another game ever, and it'll have all this stuff in it. And obviously that's not realistic, because no game can ever be that game for anyone. And there can never be that much content unless they keep developing for it. Which they may, but there's never going to be infinite content. And I think that's a problem with the video game PR cycle. Is that things are announced too early. They're shown off too early. And then people get excited and they fill in the blanks of what the developer is not saying. uh, With whatever they feel like. And No Man's Sky was not the game was barely explained before release like it was only a week beforehand that they were putting out trailers explaining how the trading system and things like that worked like people were allowed to fill in the blanks in their imagination about no man's sky until the very last possible second and you cannot do that long story short video games need a larger pr need a shorter pr cycle or something because stuff like this keeps happening And I wonder what it's going to take for something like that to stop. But all that aside, No Man's Sky is a cool game. Definitely, definitely watch gameplay of it or something before you go out and pick it up. Um, You may really enjoy it. It's just definitely not the kind of game that I personally enjoy. And I probably should have known that beforehand. But I got to get all the cool new stuff, all the new toys to find out what they're like. So that I can let you guys know. And that's what I've done. I have let you guys know. So thank you for listening to this historic episode 20. I've been doing I, 20 of these bad boys. Uh, and I will be back to do another one at the end of this month. Uh, and as with every episode, I have to let you guys know that the theme song of the podcast is the song Sting Operation by the awesome Chiptunes band Anamanaguchi. Check them out if you haven't done that already. Sting Operation is a dope jam uh but until next time that's that's all i got guys i feel i'm burned out and i'm sorry if this was just me ranting and raving about how i don't really like no man's sky that much but you know it was a cool concept and i wanted a lot more from it and it still might get patched but we never know so until next time guys peace out